How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoley. Shoots, he scores! Yeah, this is it. This is what we do. Battling through it and finding a way. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Okay, so we ended up not recording last week, but it turns out that that was probably the right decision because now we just have so much King stuff to be excited about. Just a whole list of things. But the major one, of course, is that they have made the playoffs for 2018. I'm so stoked. I'm so excited. I thought for sure this was if the Kings were going to make it because I was still sort of like hedging my bets. I was like, if it happens, it's going to be at 2012 scenario, you know, where they kind of right. just like sneak in and thank you very much, like maybe first wild card spot or something like that. Uh, but no, a full two games before the end of the season, right? Yeah. Uh, they did it. And we have our frenemies to thank, I guess. In <laughs> yeah, that's the, the weirdest part about In the Chicago Blackhawks. So thanks. Yeah, I... I felt like you too, where I was like, I'm not going to get my hopes too high. Like, I thought they had a pretty good chance. But after that overtime loss against Anaheim, I could even see other people like on social media being like, I don't know, are they going to like screw this up at the very last minute or whatever. But then they had that great game against Colorado. And um, afterwards, Sean O'Donnell was like, he basically laid out the scenario. He was like, look, if Chicago beats St. Louis, like the Kings could be in without having to play again. So they'll, you know, and that ended up happening. And when he said it, I was like, there's no way. Like the Kings <laughs> are never that lucky. But it happened in the yep. most Chicago Blackhawks of 2013 way possible where <laughs> Duncan Keith scored a goal very late in the third period to screw over the Blues and really just help LA and um for once in my life I felt good about Duncan Keith and the Chicago Blackhawks yeah pretty much same I kind of liked that uh at least from some of the Blackhawk fans that I saw they were like number one fuck the blues and number two (laughs) you know it's one of those things that every time that the Kings and the Blackhawks have met in you know the playoffs in the past or at least the recent past it's been pretty amazing hockey. Um, yeah. So, you know, fair enough. Tip your hat. Blackhawks are already out anyway. Like, good luck, Kings. And mm-hmm. ha-ha blues. Which, you know what? I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate that as a as a sports fan. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that made me really happy. Just be very honest about what your priorities are, which apparently is screwing over St. Louis as many times as possible. Um, I mean, they're not out. They still have a shot, but that did make it incredibly difficult for them. Um, But it helped L.A., which is where my interests lie. So thanks. Great job, everyone. (laughs) I will say that when I was looking at, like, the magic numbers for what the Kings could do to clinch a playoff spot, uh, it was upsetting to see that so many of the outcomes did not involve the Kings playing at all. It was just right, like right. <laughs> other people had to win, other people had to lose. And I was like, cool, can't even try to be like, all right, you can do it, Kings. Like literally it was like out of their control. So I'm glad it yeah. happened and it happened, I'm going to say early and not really, but earlier than I thought it would. Um, and right. it's just like a weight off 
my shoulders as a fan. (laughs) And I assume, you know, the people that are playing. (laughs) I mean, I even tweeted this, like, at the end of that Colorado game where they basically just ran out the last 20-ish seconds of the clock, I was like, this is the most serene zen I have felt watching the Kings in, like, a month or two, even though, like, they've had some really great games. Like, they had that shutout against Calgary, which was special because it knocked Calgary out of the playoffs officially. Um, So that was wonderful after Calgary was able to do such a thing to the Kings a couple seasons ago. But still, even with those good games sprinkled in there, March was such an up-and-down month that, like, when, like, by the time they got to that Colorado game, um, I was like, this is... We deserve this. It's just like 20 (laughs) seconds to breathe. So to like top that off with, oh, and then they've made the playoffs without having to do anything extra was just icing. It's been a good week to be a Kings fan. It's been amazing. Um, So yeah, now on to all of the great things. Okay, right now they're at 98 points, which is kind of insane. Like for like they had obviously that really great start to the season and then they went through some rough patches in the middle there. But like if they manage to win their last game, this will be another 100 point season, which feels nuts still to me. But is apparently possible for the LA Kings. Yeah, I guess you're right. I'm used to them just well once again squeaking by or not making it to 100 points and it seems for as sort of despondent as we were uh, a month ago, you know, yeah. a month and a half ago. I can't believe we're here. I'm yeah. so happy we're, right. we're here. I'm delighted. <laughs> this has been great. Um, all right. So lots of things have happened. So many great things. Let's start with the one from tonight because it's the freshest. Perfect. Dustin That's, Brown. I could spend, ooh, conservatively 40 minutes talking about this. <laughs> right? <laughs> Dustin Brown, who we have been rooting for and just like praising all season for his bounce back year and just just how well he's been doing and how much we love him in general, blessed us all tonight with a four goal game, the first of his career. And it was insane. I, I mean, how did you react like to that overtime? I mean, to all the goals, but especially that overtime goal. That overtime goal was... It was perfect. I don't know. That's like the only way that I can think of it is like it he, you know, battled hard in front of the net, didn't really work, got it out to Kopitar. And then you just saw him like get in a stance like I'm going to score this stance. And then he did. And it was amazing. It was and it was also one of the most genuine um, Jim Fox O's uh, I think I've heard. Just like, (laughs) oh, like that was pretty much how I felt. Yes, I love getting an exclamation out of Jim Fox. I love when it happens. That yeah, it was beautiful, and I th- think it's great. Obviously, that it was Kopitar who helped set that up. Um, they even Sean O'Donnell was like, "I'm so happy for them." And this was like not even the OT. This was before, way before that. This was after the hat trick during the intermission before the third period. We were just like, "I'm." you know, happy for them because Kopitar and Brown have been through so much together. And I was sitting there like, yeah, man, I know. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Right there with you. For Dustin Brown's third goal, one, how charming that it was during the McFlurry minute, because that's always yes. kind of a joke. Nothing ever happens. <laughs> right. But uh, Dustin Brown decides to get a hat trick. But I very much enjoyed that because Kopitar had to go get a new stick and like came back. He was like there just in time to just sweep Dustin Brown up into his arms. So good. Uh, for the hat trick. And I was like, this is 
everything that I wanted. And I'm sure exactly what Dustin Brown wanted was to be swept mm-hmm. up into Andre Kopitar's arms after I mean, a hat why wouldn't you? I it know. was such a pure hug. I love when they have those moments. And they've had them uh, a number of times throughout the year. Some particular ones stand out in my mind. And I think I will add that one to the greatest hits <laughs> of the <laughs> Dustin Brown-Andre Kopitar celebration. Because yep. that was great. Um, also, of course, there was the fun thing with like he managed to catch a hat as it was being thrown. Oh my gosh, the ice that was it up. delightful. Yes, just add a little flair to the celebration. Loved that, and then of course later he was like totally nonchalant about it. I was just like, oh yeah, it landed, and my stick caught it. So I thought, why not? That's something um, you can only did. do when you've clinched a playoff spot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just having some fun out there, and I loved it. So the hat trick was. His first, his fourth career hat trick, but his first since 2012 against the Chicago Blackhawks. And that game, of course, is infamous because it was, well, kind of defining for Dustin Brown and that there were all those rumors about him being traded. Then he had the statement game. Um, and then, of course, we know the Kings went on to do great things in the postseason with him as captain. And he's not captain anymore, but I found it. I don't know, I find it interesting, like, the role that he gets to play this season because he's bouncing back, and there was, like, a, I think it was LA Kings Insider uh, mentioned it, I don't know why anybody else would, but there was basically a piece that mentioned that he, at the end of last season, Dustin Brown basically told everybody, remember that feeling that you have right now when they didn't make the playoffs, and let that motivate you, and so he still had, you know, he still has a presence, he's still a leader, even though he doesn't have the C anymore, and so, like, moments and nights like these where I'm like, yeah, like, that, even though he's technically not the captain anymore, like, you'll never fully take away that part of what he is to this team, and that kind of adds to it for me, just, like, the whole narrative of it is just amazing yeah I loved that I mean it's kind of a lot of he does so well when kind of the pressure's off I don't know Mm -hmm. I uh maybe it gets to him or maybe I'm just like reading things into it but in that 2012 hat trick game like you said he had just been told um you're not going to get traded like I know all these rumors are going around I'm going to tell you right now you're not being traded just go out there and you know you do you and he scored a hat trick And then here, the Kings have clinched, and everything's going pretty all right, and then Dustin Brown scores four goals. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just just kind of nice to see. Like, I don't want to say that he can't play under pressure or anything like that. Like, that's obviously not true. We've seen him do extremely well in, in like, playoff scenarios, but um, it's it's kind of fun to watch him just play hockey and be happy. (laughs) Is that too sappy? No, I love it. You can tell that he's having a great time. Like, it's it's wonderful for us to just watch him go out there and do what he – like, what we knew he could do, but what it seemed like he had lost for a little bit of time. Right. Um, but now he's got it back, and it's wonderful, and I love every minute of it. But he's not the only LA Kings player who has had a hat trick recently, which is – also just wonderful and insane that there have been, you know, two <laughs> um, that we can talk about. The other one was Jeff Carter in the game against Arizona. It was his sixth career hat trick, and it was his 900th game. And that whole night I spent just thinking about, in general, how wonderful it has been <laughs> to have Jeff Carter in our lives. 
he is amazing. He's played really well since he's come back from injury. Um, and so, like, yeah, like, games like that one and, like, now with Brown, it's felt like a celebration of the LA Kings, even though they've had to deal with some losses sprinkled in there. They've just been, like, great highs. Yeah, the highs have been wonderful. I feel like Jeff is really just, I don't know, getting into his stride uh, if he's just going to go ahead and score hat-tricks near the end of the season. Um, I think he's just happy to not be injured and be playing again, and he can stop doing sad quotes about uh, not having (laughs) everyone around. Yeah, Um, having no company. (laughs) But it's great to see, so like near the end of the season, some of these players playing at their very best. You know, Mm -hmm. like... There's two games left. The Kings have clinched it. Actually, Dustin Brown didn't have to do anything. You know, the Kings could have lost these. They could have put in other folks and just like had everyone rest, but they still played and played wonderfully. And that makes me optimistic and excited about what's going to happen in the playoffs. Yeah. And actually, Dustin Brown was asked about the last game, like if, if guys are thinking about resting or whatever. And he said, at least for himself, that he wants to play Saturday. He was like, I don't know what I would do with myself if I wasn't playing. So he wants to be in the game. They're all gearing up for it. Um, And it looks like guys are kind of, you know, hitting their stride, hitting their peak at the right time to heading into the playoffs, even though um, they're dealing with a little bit of adversity team-wide because of some pretty significant injuries. And yet they're finding ways to win, having fun doing it, making us happy. I love all of it. Um, another player before we actually let, let me just mention those injuries real quick. Um, Derek Forbert was injured versus Colorado and he was considered week to week. He was seen leaving crutches. One tweet said and that was terrifying. Yeah, but I don't like that. I don't know if that's still like if that was just precautionary to make sure they didn't make whatever happened to him worse. But he could be out longer term than some of these other guys. Um, Alex Iafalo is still considered day-to-day, and he skated some, but it's not super consistent yet, but he could be back when they need him in the playoffs. Um, and Jake Muzzin was out, but is skating again, although he has not rejoined full practices. So a couple of them sound like they're getting a little closer. Derek Forbert is a little bit more of a question mark. Um, and in the meantime, the Kings are having to make do without some pretty significant guys, guys who've played a lot this year. I mean, that's unfortunate, but they are lucky in that, you know, they've got Andre Kobachar still doing amazing. They've got Dustin Brown doing amazing. Jeff Carter's doing his thing. The the defenseman, Alec Martinez played 32 minutes the other night. Strongman Alec Martinez. I don't understand it, uh, but that's good. Like if he can play these minutes and because the Kings are going to have to rely on him a little bit more with like Muzzin out and forward out and who knows what will happen in the future um it's good to know that he can step it up and play like true dowdy minutes yeah it was funny like I guess I mean at one point during that um Colorado game there were only three defensemen on the Kings bench um and even Alec afterwards because he did the post-game interview with Patrick O'Neill was like yeah I don't know if I've ever experienced anything like that (laughs) What he wants to say is, I'm exhausted. (laughs) Right, yeah, that was friggin' crazy. But they suck it out, and eventually they got a little more help, and it was okay, and the Kings pulled through in that game. But, woo, it it tested them. Um, And then they've also got, I think we, it's important not to sell short Jonathan Quick. Like, he started out kind of like the team, like, started out really strong at the beginning of the year, had a down month, either January or February, I forget which one it was now, 
now, like right now, his save percentage is 923. Um, and of course, there's the one game left, so it may or may not move a little bit more. But if that holds, and most likely it will, this is his second best career season. Of course, 2012 is still his best with a 929, but he's playing so well and giving the Kings such a shot game in and game out. Like, I feel like having those, the three main guys really in Kobazar, Dustin Brown, Jonathan Quick, like all the guys who've been like the cornerstone of this team for the longest, having them all play really well at the same time, I think helps make the team a little bit special. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it's kind of snuck up on all of us how well just or Jonathan Quick has been doing. I mean, obviously we knew he was doing well, but I guess I didn't look at the numbers too closely. Just, you know, eyeball like, oh, he's doing great. But I didn't know he was doing this great. Yeah, he's he's doing wonderful. And I think it's kind of interesting because I guess because of that like down month that he had, people kind of got really worried and they haven't fully kind of tuned back into the fact that like he is playing lights out uh, overall this season and I hope and I mean you know how he is like when he gets even more competitive in the playoffs so if he is able to pick it up another notch like I don't I still don't see the Kings like easily making a playoff run to the final or anything like that but I am in this place now where it's like all right if everybody is hitting the right groove at the right time they could do more damage than maybe we anticipate. Yeah, and I think Justin, or I keep saying Justin, uh, I think Jonathan Quick has been a little bit overshadowed just because um, Dustin Brown has been having this amazing bounce back year. I mean, he just scored four goals here. Um, A big story with how well Jeff Jeff Carter has been doing with him coming back. Um, Andre Kopitar, obviously putting up some great numbers and a lot of people mm-hmm. calling for him to have a heart nomination. Um, like me. <laughs> like all of us. Like correct <laughs> and right people are doing, um, calling for Kopitar to have a heart nomination. I think with all of that talk, you know, Jonathan Quick has kind of fallen by the wayside, which is kind of crazy to say because he's still like an elite goalie and is doing amazingly well and it should be talked about all the time. But mm-hmm. um, the Kings... I guess have just had a wealth of talent, a wealth of wonderful things happening to them that his potentially second best season has not been talked about. Right. Yeah. And again, like he was someone who was out a lot with injury trouble too. um, And then came back this season is now like, Hey, what's up? I'm doing my second best season out here. (laughs) No big deal. That is crazy that so many guys have kind of, managed to make this season so notable for their individual careers and then you know collectively has helped push the team back into the playoffs and give them a real shot um and Andre Kopitar has 92 points this season like he has greatly (laughs) exceeded his best this year it has been amazing to watch more than 30 goals I love him. (laughs) I love him so much. And I am just excited to watch all of them continue to do really well, hopefully, and, uh, you know, really make it very difficult for whoever they face in the first round and then hopefully in subsequent rounds. Yeah, I guess that's all we can really hope for. I cannot believe that he scored over 30 points more than the next highest player on the Kings right now. It's nuts. (laughs) He has been insane this year. Um, I don't hate it. I, I I like how in like a couple of weeks ago, we were kind of 
once again hedging our bets, being like, I, I think we he can score this many goals, like a few more goals to, you know, reach his <laughs> yeah. career high. How silly and short-sighted we were. Um, oh, of course man. he could do it because this is the season he would, and I'm glad that he did. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, love, love so so glad out. to be wrong or to be uh, – I guess we weren't wrong, but I, I'm happy to be proven wrong about that. Yeah, I am fully accepting of and willing to always be, not even surprised, but just accept that I somehow underestimated Andrzej Kobitar, who I already think is the best. <laughs> so to be like, actually, he's even better is never a disappointment. Yeah, I, I'm fine with Andre Kopitar always surprising me with his wonderfulness. It's like a happy gift every time we turn on the TV. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, okay, so some other new things going on for the Kings. They signed three players since we last recorded. They have signed Mikey Essamont, who they drafted in 2016. He was a fifth-round pick. So he was at St. Cloud. He had 39 points in 39 games with them most recently, 21 years old. So he's around. Um, Sheldon Rempal, who's 22, signed a two-year entry-level deal. He was a UFA from Clarkson University, their leading scorer in his most recent season. So he is around. I think he is actually with the team, but he was a healthy scratch tonight. And probably the biggest name of the three is Daniel Brickley, who like went around to a few different teams um, in the NHL and came to L.A., talked to the people here, and signed on the dotted line. Two-year entry-level deal, and because of the injuries, he played his first NHL game tonight and got an assist. So not a bad week for him either. <laughs> a nice splash and a good welcome into the NHL, both for him and for... You know, Kings fans who want to see exactly what the Kings signed up for. I'm pleased mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Also, I had a feeling when I saw the headlines going around of him, like, checking out other teams and meeting with people, I was like, he's going to get to Los Angeles and want to stay. And the reason I was thinking of that is not just because of the opportunity, because, like, Derek Forbert, I don't think, had yet been injured. Maybe he was. I don't know. Whatever. But because of the fact that I think it's impossible to meet Luke Robitaille and not want to stick around and be part of that guy's world. Not He's very charming. Like, yeah, I was going to say, be utterly charmed with him just by being in the same room as him. <laughs> yes. So him and uh, Rob Blake together probably just dazzled him. And he was like, you know what? I love it. So, And, of course, he's a defenseman, and they know that the Kings – uh, really pride themselves on being a strong defensive team. Seemed like a logical fit. And y- here he is, and now he's played in the NHL. Good time all around for Daniel Brickley, and hopefully we get to see a lot more from him. Side note, um, since Luke Robitaille just, like, charm bombs everyone, is yes. Luke Robitaille a Vila? I think so. <laughs> this is a very important question that I've just thought about right now, and I need answers <laughs> to <laughs> definitely has to be i mean anytime i'm like not that i'm around luke robitaille all the time but the few times in my life that i have even managed to be in the vicinity of luke robitaille i'm I'm just like this yeah just mesmerized and i feel like everybody has to feel that way i can't imagine anyone who looks at luke robitaille and is like i don't want to be a part of that that's a lie i think that was probably part of his qualifications like not only is he obviously uh, 
an amazing hockey player, but like a good, wonderful soul and also Avila. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> just a total package. Total package. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. How could you turn Luke Robitaille down? You can't. Daniel Brickley is an LA King. <laughs> so that is something. Um, his background a little bit more. He's 23. He was a Hobie Baker finalist. He had... 35 points in 40 games with Minnesota State. He was among the top 10 D-men in the NCAA this season. Uh, so, yeah, promising all around. He was quite a get, and I hope that, I mean, he already has a point, so that's pretty nice. We can't really ask for too much more, and his he's, he's got nowhere to go but up, I think. Good times. Yep, very excited to see more of what he can do. Yeah. Okay. So now teams have mostly played, you know, 81, 80 games. We're getting down to the wire. The playoff picture is still not complete because uh, the West is nuts, but it's close. It's pretty close. Right now the Kings would be playing the Sharks, but that could change <laughs> because uh, Anaheim is so close. Like, there's everything is just too close. A lot could flip. Anyway, but looking at the playoff picture – are there any teams you're excited to watch in the playoffs very soon? Other than the Kings? Other than the Kings, I think you and I both have um, uh, a non-Western team in mind. Mm-hmm. And that would be the New Jersey Devils. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. That would be Taylor Hall and the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have officially clinched their playoff berth. That is so exciting. We're going to see Taylor Hall in the playoffs, who has had an amazing season himself and is also somebody whose name has been thrown around in the heart conversation. So I'm so excited. I mean, well-deserved. The the Devils would not have even sniffed at the playoffs if it wasn't for Taylor <laughs> yeah. Hall. They would have not even gotten close. Um, he has been playing like kind of out of his mind and I am I still cannot believe that this is going to be his first playoffs I know that's outrageous to me for how good a player he is first it's gonna be so good though oh please please right now they are matched up against the Capitals so that is an intense competition (laughs) and I am really excited for what we could see happen especially from Taylor Hall Um, but they also have some other fun players but obviously the marquee player Taylor Hall and he's got to be so stoked like both not even just making the playoffs but the combination of having his great season like all of his great talents and efforts be so integral to them making the playoffs has to feel great on its own and now that it is for sure that they're going I he has to just be on cloud nine I can't imagine that he is chill in any way (laughs) yeah Oh, oh absolutely like to know that all of his hard work actually means something yeah, because oh. so often has he, you know, put up top points and all the goals and for not, you know, because the rest of the team couldn't get it together. Uh, right. So I'm happy to see that he uh, did so much for the Devils this season and the rest of the team repaid him by also mm-hmm. doing well and getting the team to the playoffs. Yes. Right. It's going to be a great, great time. Are there any other Eastern teams that you're stoked to watch? Um, it'll be interesting to see the Leafs mm-hmm. uh, because they against ha- Boston right now. Against I Boston mean. right now, uh, <laughs> because I think they could actually do pretty well. Yeah, 
Yeah, very different from a few years ago. Yes, very different. So that, I I don't know how Sandstone the East's matchups are, but if that holds, assuming that it holds, that'll be a pretty intense series, both on the ice because so much has changed for those teams, but also you know the media is, like, excited to talk about the history there. Oh, yeah. Um, so that'll be, a, that'll be a wild one. The Flyers are currently in... Blue Jackets, mm-hmm. Penguins. Um, I, of course, am still a Tampa Bay fan. Of course. So, very excited to see what they do. Are you excited about um, Warinsky? Uh, always. <laughs> always. <laughs> very excited about Zach, who got a puck to the back of the neck, of and I need <laughs> people to chill out. Please stop trying to get my boy in the his, head. His, I would really I, yeah, like... his neck and face is just free game for for <laughs> everyone. Apparently, it's kind of nuts. Please stop scaring me like this. Um, yeah. So, but he's okay. So he's gonna play in the playoffs. That'll be really great. I think the matchup is like the Devils plus the Capitals or the Devils and whoever they play is definitely gonna be the matchup that I'm most interested in. Yeah. Um, uh, and then like of course I think Boston and. Toronto will be wild, but I don't think I have a particular rooting interest when it comes to either team. Like, I like specific players on both teams, but I don't know if which one I would be like, that should be the winner. I don't know. I don't think I have a vested interest in that either. I yeah. probably lean, uh, well, no, I don't know. I was about to say a team, and then I was like, ah, I'd take it back. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. Like, the Leafs, I love Austin Matthews. They also have, like, William Nylander, who's really good. Um, some other exciting players. The Boston Bruins have my dude, Charlie McAvoy, who I adore. Uh, basically, I'm like all of the Americans on these teams. All of the young Americans in the East, that's who I'm about. Uh, the West looks kind of as you would expect it. Well, not really. Mm-hmm. Like, the Jets are there. That's strange. They Who have been, like, apparently super great. And yeah. I have watched almost not at all <laughs> this season. Almost none. Um, but I'm I'm kind of happy to see all of the uh, California teams in because West Coast, West Coast. Yes. Um, I know it gets tiring always having to see the same teams in the playoffs. I feel like, you right. know, the East Coast gets a bit more of a shakeup. Uh, but it's we're always looking at like the sharks and the ducks, always, forever. <laughs> yeah, right. There's no always there's no there's. escaping. Um, but that's fine. Whatever. It is just a step towards the Stanley Cup. It's just a thing. Please. But Please. Uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see uh, Vegas and how they do in the yeah. playoffs. I think mm-hmm. that's also like one of those big things. Um, yeah, and the Predators who have done so well uh yeah we'll see if like this is kind of their year yeah they got the president's trophy so they're already on the right start uh and hopefully they can hold that and make it back to the final if i mean obviously i want the kinks to make it back but i think of the teams that have the most expectations people are kind of looking at nashville to like can they make it back to the stanley cup final i would hope that the answer is no because the los angeles kings pulled out some magic (laughs) But we shall see. Um, I think I think any series that they're in, the Predators, is going to be exciting just because they're an exciting team. And I think they make the people that they play kind of uh, step up their game a little bit to see if they can match. Yeah, we'll see who they – that's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Colorado stays in. 
and it's like Nashville, Colorado, that'll be a wild series. Because Colorado, I believe, is the youngest team in the league right now. Yeah. And like Nathan McKinnon is having an amazing year, also another potential like, heart, heart candidate. candidate. Yeah. Um, so that would be an insane matchup if it was Preds. Especially ass. with how exciting. terrible they did last season. Uh, yeah. It's kind of rad to see them do so well now. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. I, so that could be fun. I kind of hope that matchup holds, even though, even though it means I, we will definitely have to see like King Sharks again. <laughs> um, still, abs, Preds could be a lot of fun. And Vegas... I I will be excited. Like, if it stays Vegas Ducks, that would be kind of perfect because then I can just unabashedly root for Vegas <laughs> with no qualms. That would be nice for me. That's true. That's, like, an easy, uh, an easy rooting for. But then if the Kings win, they'd have to play Vegas. Ooh. But that, at least it would be exciting. Like, those that two, would be like, fun. home and home was, like, a wild time and the Kings proved that they can keep pace with the Knights so it could be a great time terrifying but great I like how little travel there is yeah that seems good for everyone (laughs) just you know some quick hops back and forth upstate to Vegas whatever it's like a 45 Mm -hmm. minute plane ride from here to San Francisco so some other big news I guess before we wrap things up the Sedines have officially announced that they are retiring. They posted a joint letter to the Canucks site. Basically, it was a little surprising, I guess, because and they even say like in the letter, they're like, we told you we would tell you when we thought the time was right. But it turns out that time is now. So they let everybody know so the fans could really appreciate their last few home games. And the final one was tonight, a little earlier tonight. And it ended up being just the right kind of magical for their fans. Daniel Sedin scored twice. Both goals were assisted by his brother. And one of them was an OT winner. So pretty poetic way to go out in front of their fans. That sounds about right. That's... Is like definitely an end of an era for the Canucks. What is it? Seventeen yeah. seasons they've been in the NHL, playing with each other, on a line with each other. Yeah, uh, being this like phenomenal goal scoring pair. Um, and it's you know sad to see them go. It's crazy. I. It's hard to imagine. Like they have been around for so long. It's one of those things where it's like it's hard to picture what the NHL looks like without them, um, and yet here we are. Like it's it's time for them to say goodbye, even though they've said like they'll stay in Vancouver. Obviously, they're not going to disappear. They love the city. Their families are based there. They plan to still be involved with the community, and so I'm sure we'll see them around and like involved in hockey in some way, uh, but not playing anymore. So definitely a huge huge change. Yeah, like what does the Canuck, what do the Canucks do now? I guess total rebuild. <laughs> well, they've got some bright spots. Like they've got, you know, uh, Brock Besser still. Yeah, that's good true. Year. I do enjoy um, Brock Besser. I feel like there were a couple other people. Was it Horvat that they were excited about? Oh yeah. When I mean, like he's been there a couple seasons now, but but yeah, they have a they have a few young guys that they're stoked on. Um, and so yeah, they have to find some other pieces. I mean, you can't replace the Sedins at least not easily. Like it could be a while before they draft people who are as consistently um, overperforming the way that the Sedins do. But they have at least some bright spots in there, so that it might not be. I mean, 
it might not be crazy worse. They didn't have the best year, but you know. My uh, my favorite thing is that when the Canucks host the 2019 NHL draft, um, yeah. there will be a pair of Swedish twins up for the draft, so they could just oh. try try again. <laughs> right. Just bring it on back around. Yeah. Just like all right, didn't work with these Swedish twins. We'll try a different <laughs> set of Swedish twins. See how it goes. Try to get a cup this time. Um, yeah, that's the, probably the only unfortunate thing about their career is that they never won the cup. But I saw, like, some other crazy stat about, like, first overalls and how many of them have actually won the cup. Um, and it is very few. It is very few. So, you know. I mean, and they weren't first. Weren't they, like, second and third or whatever? Something like that. But anyway, it was, like, some stat about, like, really high, the highest draft picks and how few of them have actually won the cup. Um, which is kind of nuts when you actually look at it. But, yeah, there are a lot of really great guys who have never gotten the trophy. Um, and that's unfortunate. But I'm glad that, you know, Vancouver fans got to celebrate them one more time. And I'm glad that it was in such a, like, lovely fashion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't they, love the Canucks, but I'm, they've always been pretty all right in the city. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm... Sad to see them go, but happy that it's been a nice farewell. Some other goodbyes, not from the league, but from teams. Like, now that everything's winding down and the teams that haven't made the playoffs, there are some big question marks about big-name players. First up, Eric Carlson. So, in the Ottawa Senators' last home game, it was noticed that he went and picked up the puck and kind of tucked it away. So, of course, immediately people were like, oh, (laughs) he's taking souvenirs He's out of here, which is not particularly surprising. I mean, everybody was surprised that he stayed there at the trade deadline. Um, So I don't think it would be surprising if he left in free agency. But it has just been kind of interesting to watch people like look for those clues and speculate. And because he hasn't really said one way or the other. And now it's kind of like all eyes on Eric Carlson. Um, And because of his recent loss with him and his wife, um, he's not playing the remainder of their like of the games with the Senators. I think they're ending on a road trip. Um, so yeah, so now it's just like big question mark about what's going to happen with Eric Carlson going forward. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I, I did also see that he had done that and thought that it was, I don't know, funny how everyone drew their own conclusions from it. Yeah, um, like he could have just been picking up the puck, guys. It's fine. <laughs> But, yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. For as much as it was, uh, like, a big headline, nothing actually came of it. So yeah, what if all of this happens and nothing comes of it again? Yeah, and he's right back there. That would be kind of amazing. I, I doubt that that'll happen. Um, but it's not outside the realm of possibility, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some I've seen some people speculate that they think he will most likely go to Vegas or that the Sharks will try to put together a really nice offer for him. So it could be interesting um, either way, but it would also be a shocker if it was like, I'm just kidding, he's still a senator. Yeah. <laughs> he's staying. Someone else that has the speculation around him is Jonathan Tavares. John Tavares? Yeah. And he was funny to me because he was asked before, I think their last game, like, so are you thinking about the fact that, you know, the season's ending and 
you might not be back or whatever and how are you how are you heading into these final games like are you thinking of it as a goodbye and he was he kind of started out by saying I mean I'm focused on the game but now that you ask I don't know <laughs> he doesn't know if he's going back next season I, I he's not even trying to be coy he's just straight up like I'm not thinking of it as a farewell but I'm also not sure what it is so I'm not gonna lie to you Maybe I'll be back. I would like to be back, but maybe I won't be. I don't know. I also like that when asked on like how he's dealing with like speculation, all that stuff, he's like, oh, I deleted Twitter from my phone. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> like better for your own sanity to just like not have to deal with the constant speculation, like the <laughs> the lure of that little bird telling you all sorts of uh, rumors going rampant on, on the internet. I'm like, you know what? That's probably smart, dude. <laughs> Yeah, his mentions just have to be ridiculous every single day. So it seems like a good move <laughs> to just get rid of that yeah, all together. Yeah, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope he stays with the Islanders just because I'm used to him being there. Um, but if he leaves, that could be fascinating as well and kind of terrifying <laughs> because of how it could improve some other team. Yeah. Uh, we shall see where he goes but he has expressed interest in staying uh, with the Islanders so hopefully that is what happens but another one to kind of keep our eyes on is John Tavares what do you think um, Joe Thornton's gonna do I don't I don't know I can't really envision him not even just I can't envision him on, on, on another team like that matters less to me I can't envision him not in Northern California <laughs> that seems strange <laughs> <laughs> So not even, like, him on the Sharks, just, like, it, as a Northern California person? <laughs> yeah. It just seems like his place, and that's where he should be. I don't – I'm I fascinated. Like retirement? I mean, it depends, I guess, what goes on in the playoffs, but uh, – Right. Yeah. That'll be Yeah, I think one. I could envision retirement before him playing for another team. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with Joe Thornton. That's another interesting one. I kind of hope he keeps playing. I love Joe Thorne. I do too. He's and he's still great. So I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, stick around for one more year. Anyway, so that's the players to keep an eye on heading into the well, the playoffs and the off season. Um, I don't know anything else on your mind before we kind of wrap all of this up. Um, I saw that Roberto Roberto Luongo is playing his 1,000th game. Uh, oh yeah! But has decided not to celebrate it because it would seem crass, I suppose, to do that while Why? the Panthers. Well, while the Panthers are still trying to push for the playoffs. Oh, I guess that makes sense. So, like, he's but like, still. he's like, I, I want to celebrate it, and I will do it later. But right now, I don't want a celebration. I just want to, you know, I want us to try to make the playoffs. Which I get it. Um, it's nice and it's maybe weird to have like a big tribute video and a celebration when it's like, uh, right. who's what's going to happen. Um, but I will say it here. What a wonderful accomplishment. Yeah. And I hope, you know, if, if when they do, uh, make the playoffs or even if just when they know for sure what their fate is, that he, that then they still do something. They f mix it all in together. Like, if they make the playoffs, like, fold that into the, that particular celebration of, like, oh, we're in, and also Luongo's great. <laughs> um, and if they don't make it, maybe it'll be, like, one little bit of a bright spot to kind of have a good time as you head out. Yeah. Uh, one more thing from me. 
from, well, not from me, but from Elliot Friedman, technically, in his 31 Thoughts, there was this random little tidbit. It says, quote, the fathers of newly signed Los Angeles King Daniel Brickley and 572 K veteran Trevor Lewis used to chow down on garlic burgers at a Utah bar called Cotton Bottom. They played on the same... <laughs> They played on the same men's league team, which I understand was named The Spa. Don't tell me I never give readers useful information. (laughs) End excerpt. So that's, first of all, the fact that Daniel Brickley, we didn't mention, he is from Utah. Trevor Lewis has a buddy. And of course, they have a connection already. I love it. (laughs) That is phenomenal. Also, Elliot Friedman, yes, thank you for giving me useful information. This is extremely useful. This is all I've ever wanted (laughs) to know. Um, Love that there's there's a place called Cotton Bottom. What (laughs) is that? Uh, I love that little tidbit, so I had to make sure that I remembered to bring it up before we uh, signed off for this week. Yeah, that's the best I got. Um, all right, well, let us finish up. You guys know where to find us. We are on Twitter at ThanksBud, or you can email us, chirp at ThanksBud.com. Until next time, be good to yourselves, take care of each other, um, and we will talk to you in the playoffs. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs>